That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello, and welcome to the Alien Nation, the Newcomers podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me today is my brother and fellow host, Kenny. Howdy. 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 Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling okay. a bit, little bit country A little there. country. Well, yes. you, you know where you live. You know. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. It's very There's a dirt there. road to get to his house. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry on that tangent. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Today, we're going to be discussing episode six, The First Cigar. It originally aired on October 23rd, 1989. Its director was... John McPherson, and writers are Diane Frovlo and Andrew Schneider. I got a question. The yes. title of the first cigar. I don't understand. Me neither. I didn't see George I'm smoking a cigar. I, I didn't see yeah. anything. I don't know. Have something to do with with Betsy Ross or a reference to her, or but I really don't know. So. I was questioning at the entire episode, like, where did they get that title from? So if any of you out there listen and have an answer, please let us, us know. Yeah, send it to <laughs> alienationpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. The suspects just entered the building. We got the front covered. Roger that. Okay. Fine. So you don't think that there's any reason for concern? What? About what? That IRS. My tax audit. I told you. They just pull names out of a computer. Here's the boogeyman. Hey, Richie. It's good to see you, man. You're a bro, a real bro. I'm meticulous about my tax returns. If there was some kind of honest mistake, that IRS, they would understand, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're very understanding. Focus, George. All right, so Mike, why don't you tell us the episode summary? Struggling to pay a debt of $2,400 to the IRS, George finds himself having to go to a successful newcomer, businesswoman, Betsy Ross, for a loan. Ross, who claims to be impressed with the progress that George, one of their own, has made on this planet, offers him information about dealers of highly addictive narcotic Jack. Jack. Termed the crack of the 90s. That's right. Sykes doesn't trust Ross, but George refuses to accept his argument until it becomes clear that Ross is actually an overseer trying to corner the Jack market for herself. Despite the two-year ban on free onions, the ozone layer continues to deteriorate, accelerating the present greenhouse effect. In the Southland, temperatures have remained in the hundreds all week, and doctors continue to remind humans to wear sunblock and hats when outside during the day. DEA Chief Wallace Ehrenberg announced today that Los Angeles has surpassed Seattle as the Jonifer capital of the United States. Highly addictive to both newcomers and humans, Jonifer, known on the street as Jack, has been dubbed the crack of the 90s. All right, for our cast, we had quite a few. We had Terry Treas as Kathy Frankel. We have Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Jeff Duchetti as Burns. Ron Fazler as Captain Brian Grazer. Gary Graham as Detective Matthew Sykes. Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. Lauren Woodland as Emily Francisco. Sean Six as Buck Francisco. And Jeff Marcus as Albert Einstein. And you only see Albert for like just a Really quick shot, yeah. but he's in it. He's so. making a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's about if it. I, yeah, yeah, if I remember. Okay. Yep. Sorry about that. <laughs> Me and my tangents. I just go off every now and then. Sorry. And our guest cast. 
Diana Bellamy as Betsy Ross. Then we have Kerry Hiroki Tagawa, who played Yamato. Man, that was awesome. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> for you people yeah, that you don't know, you missed all the editing of yeah. that one. <laughs> just Let saying. Me just tell you that much. Awesome. <laughs> then we have uh, Carolyn Magini as Ruth Steelman. John Patrick Rubber as Ramna. Another. Thank goodness he's getting all these ones, man. <laughs> Steve Suskin as Bahan. Jennifer Bonko Stewart as Nina. Mike DeLuna as Cliff. Faith. Minton as Bouncer. I like these kind right here. James Nixon as Newcomer Junkie. Yes, that's right. The ever-popular Newcomer Junkie. That's right. <laughs> we have Noon Orsati as Savabo. Jeff Skier as the Delivery Man. June B. Kim as Korean Drug Dealer. Salvador Uribe as Newcomer Drug Dealer. Carlos Lacamara as Alvarez. Thank you goodness you're getting these ones man because i mean wow we'd be here forever if it was me uh, and last but not least we have trevor edmund as blintu blintu's back blintu george 24 hundred dollars that's enough <laughs> no taxation without representation all of this is money it's 24 hundred dollars which we don't have i went to first tokyo for a loan and turned me down flat I have $140 in my piggy bank. Oh, no, sweetheart. <laughs> no, we're not going to take your money. Do you see what they are driving us to, those bloodsuckers? How much of this did you drink? Quart. Plus a pint of the half and half. I don't know. God. We've done everything that we were supposed to do. We have played by the rules, their rules, and look, $2,400. There were basically three stories. There was the main one, which was, was with Betsy Ross. Right. And the whole Jack drug things that's happened in there. Kingpin type. Yeah. Thing. And then we had the Buck story. And then we had George and the IRS story. Right. Which is really a side note, but it's still part... It actually leads into the Betsy Ross story. It's the reason why we have a Betsy Ross story. Right, so it's, a, or it's part it's of one it. one big story, I guess. Yeah, so it's all interconnected, except for the Buck. The Buck stuff is the one that's really separate. Um, so let's go ahead and start with the first storyline, which would be the big one, would be George IRS slash Betsy Ross story. How he gets to meet her. Yeah. So obviously, George opens. it opens up with George... Getting called to the IRS. I see a deduction here of $5,000 claiming your automobile as a business expense. I had a question about that. So we called the IRS. Um, we spoke to a man named Fogel. Walter Fogel. Well, as a police officer, aren't you uh, assigned a car from the motor pool? When I am on duty. However, when I am not on duty, I am still expected to intervene as a police officer whenever the need arises. Mr. Fogel said it was a legitimate deduction. Are you paid when you're off duty? No. Then you can't be said to be working. I'm just allowing this deduction. Um, look, Mr. Fogel works here. He, he said it was okay. In order to claim erroneous advice from an IRS employee, you need photocopies of letters requesting the advice and the advice itself. But we spoke on the phone. And you don't have the necessary documentation. There are a lot of irregularities here. In addition to back taxes, I'm going to have to assess some penalties. It's... It's so ridiculous, but it sounds just like the IRS that, you know, he has to use his car for work, for work. 
his personal car, when you know he's called upon, he has to drive to wherever it's at, which is true. But then she's like, "Well, are you getting paid at being at home?" And he's like, "No." And the show they disallow that. Yeah, just so stupid. They disallow. But what's funny? He he comes walking into the office, actually skipping. I'm going. Oh yeah. What, what's going on? Yeah, this and, is after the meeting. Yeah, this is after the meeting with the IRS. So it's about time. Let me book the seventies, Matt. I think you would be very proud. You often say I let people crawl all over me. Walk, walk. Well, today I put my foot down. That IRS wanted to assess me $2,400 in penalties. You put your foot down at the IRS? Matt, you have such a great country. You're free to stand up to your government and just say no. What'd you do? Well, I told them I wouldn't pay. Oh, what a feeling it is for a former slave to look authority in the eye and say, I know my rights. Call him up. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him you'll pay. What? Don't mess with these people. Call them up. I'm ashamed of you. Haven't you read your constitution? Your bill of rights? <laughs> you don't understand how... I will not cave in to this tyranny. Your life miserable. No taxation without representation. Uh, he comes walking and skipping. I'm going, wow, I thought he'd be a little more depressed, you know, because they denied the car. And they're charging him $2,400. Yeah, they're charging $2,400. Yeah. And he's like, where am I going to come with this money? Yeah. And come to find out, he told the IRS no. Yep. <laughs> told him to go screw it. He told him to go pound sand. <laughs> and Matt right away grabs the phone, sticks it in front of him and says, yep. call them. And he's like, no, you know. Yeah. Uh, Tax, uh, whatever the tax, line. Uh, taxation without representation. representation. Going about our yeah. whole, you know, bill of rights, bill of rights and, and everything. He loves America. Yep. And Matt goes, no, <laughs> call them. And so he gets a call. Yeah. As he's, yeah. As he's happy and gloating. Yes. He gets a call and it is someone on the other line informing <laughs> George that the IRS has garnished his wages. And his whole wage. Well, yeah. And I still don't think that's possible, but. That's what it, according to George, they're taking all his money. Right. Get the phone. Detective Francisco? What? What are they attaching it to? What does that mean? Can they do that? Goodbye. What? That was general accounting. That IRS is attaching my paycheck. I can't have it. Call him up. Grovel. So, yeah. So, uh, Matt says, see? Told you so. You, you get in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> yep, go back and grovel for them. Uh, they can't afford it. The the twenty four hundred dollars that they owe in taxes. So he's he's all drunk and drinking a nice sour sour milk. milk. He has some half and half. Yeah, you he know. did have a he have a he had a quart half and half. A quart half and half. So he yeah. Was, so he's, he's feeling pretty good. Intoxicated. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but, but yeah. So but before that happened, actually, uh, Betsy Ross. We meet Betsy Ross, who's like a local business owner in the part of town that the Jack is really bad in right now. And previously Matt and Sykes did a drug bust and she wanted to thank them personally. Ah, here are the officers. Yes, Sykes, Francisco, this is Ms. Betsy Ross. She's a local businesswoman and president of her community's improvement association. She wanted to thank you personally for the arrests last night. No, oh, we're just doing our job. Yeah, 
Noste doton, se pope nendikaxe dera songo. Gwen, atse unsa. Pawas sikase rumbas. Excuse me. Officer, when we were slaves, we were controlled by overseers. To a lot of us, that's what the police are like now. Pup aret karasmo, melakuta laka rosa krota. Yeta, elese se suplele ke totortik vega ke kaula ke terisinta nyak diara suna kata utvent. Etsle ikspe English, eh? English, George? Yes, Miss Ross has been kind enough to offer us tips concerning crime in the newcomer community. Ah, thank you. And please don't hesitate to call me any time, day or night. And so George, as we all know, is the first newcomer detective. Um, so he's prominently known in, the, in that culture, in that society. And where she's at is predominantly a newcomer yes. community. It's like a newcomer slum. Right. Yeah, because I mean, there's drug dealing and prostitution, and it's a really poor part of town. Right, and she gives she gives George's hints, you know, like uh, not I don't know hints. Um, I guess snitching people out, yes. you know, and so she's yeah, so she's you know, she's like I'm really well known in the community, and people talk to me, and I hear things. So if I hear anything, I will pass on the information to you. And they're all talking in Tankdenese. So yeah, it's funny because she's Brian you know, and Matt have no idea. Matt what they're puts his about. Matt puts his hand out to you know because of thank oh, yeah. you, and she just ignores him and goes right to George, right to George, and starts you know. And, <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know, and they're going, uh, hello, you know, we're yeah. right here. And they so. don't stop. They keep talking in tank the knees. And, um, so yeah, so she's offering her services to George cause she's impressed with him as a newcomer overall being a detective. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, you know, of course things change and we find out really why she's doing it, but that's later down the road. Oh. So she sends her, you know, she sends him, what's that name of that gift? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. A Dara? Like da Dara? Darik? Darik or something like that. It's like a doily. <laughs> you know? It is a doily on top of a TV. On top of a TV. It's, a, it's like a, a, an unsolicited gift. You just give it because you want to. Mom, it's a Darok. Ah, it looks like a Sony to me. <laughs> a Darok is, is a pure expression of thanks in our culture. That's what this means. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Who's it from? Woman I met today, Betsy Ross. Why would she send you a dark? Matt and I arrested a drug dealer in her neighborhood yesterday. Until now, she thought the police never cared. Oh, that's a thoughtful gift, honey. Can I have it in my room? Can I? You can share it with Buck, but you're going to have to ask your father. It's his dark. George? I don't know if we should accept this. <laughs> George, it's a Darok. It's a pure expression of thanks. You can't judge it with the standards of this culture. Uh, Betsy Ross sends the Francisco family a TV. And it goes, this goes back to, in the very, very beginning, they're at a diner. Oh, that's right. And Matt and uh, George are, Matt are at a They're at a diner, and the waiter, the owner, the owner of the place, won't let Matt pay for the bill. Yeah, you can tell this is like Matt's it's local just, place yeah. that he hangs out. And George's like, that's not right. You know, we yeah. should be paying. So how you doing, Matt? Hey, Bahan, meet my new partner, George Francisco. Yes, how you doing? <laughs> uh, we need a check, Bahan. Check? What are you talking about? Your money is no good here. Well, at least let me pay for the water. You insult me. Don't do that, Matthew. Nice to meet you. Vaughn's a great guy. He never lets cops pay. Are you sure this is right? What? I'm taking a free meal. 
Well, it's not really free, George. Uh, he's kind of paying for his service. With all these cops around, nobody's going to stick him up. Matt, I distinctly recall from the Academy that as police officers, we are public servants, and thus enjoined from accepting gratuities from private citizens. George, don't go internal affairs on me. This is just ham and eggs and frog tartare. Nevertheless, I think we should pay. You heard the man. You're going to insult him. I'm sure he'll understand. You know, George, you can really ruin a meal for a guy. So that's how this comes into play where the whole bribe thing. Yeah, what's Betsy, a bribe? What's, what's a, not a bribe? Right. Betsy Ross is giving him a TV. Yeah. You know, and but Matt's not paying for a meal. And then later on down the road, they're at the diner again. And Matt's all, fine, here, I'll just, you know, he pays. Yeah, because George keeps annoying him, saying right. it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. And he just says, screw it. Fine, I'll pay, I'll pay for, for it. it. Yeah. So that's that. And then also I wanted to touch base in the very beginning um, of the sh- – right in the very beginning, there's no air conditioning. No oh, ice, that's right. No there's ice a voiceover cubes. happening. So there's a the there's a ban on Freon, so there's no air conditioning. Yeah, the ozone layer, I guess, is really – Really being depleted. Really, really de- being yeah. depleted. So this is the first time you actually hear about this. Yep. And um, so they have no air conditioning. There, there's a special air conditioning they're trying to come up with. Yeah, it's a you, non-freon air conditioning. Right, no ice cubes. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's like, like triple it's a, digits, he said. Yeah, so, for the entire week, it's right. triple digits. So it's kind of – it's different to see Yeah. You know that, that aspect of, I guess, that Which is true because back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, we were, were – I mean we're still worried about the ozone layer. But back then we were really worried about it. And now it's been in their world. It's been another ten, fifteen years. Right. So obviously it's getting worse. So um, didn't mean to jump back stories, but I know you'll fix this. That's right. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll just leave it all. Yeah, we're gonna be all over the place in this episode. Yeah, sorry. We had a game plan. We too. did really good. Where the last episode, we were so proud of ourselves because we went linear through the entire thing. Yeah, not this one. We sorry. just jumped everywhere. We're just our minds are all over the place. This was. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff happening and just things that pop into our head that we're going to be discussing. Hopefully, you guys don't mind. I think that's what it is, really, because you know we're talking all of a sudden, boom. Something. Yeah, you remember something. I'm like, oh my gosh, we go forgot back. to talk about this before we talk about that. Yeah. So. But um, so yeah, so then continue with the whole Betsy Ross story. Uh, uh, George finally finally goes to her and realizes that she's a really rich woman because she has lots of influence and you know but he had no other options he's been rejected oh, yeah, he, by, he's been rejected by he, banks he tried matt and, he tried the banks and he, I mean, he tried the the loan department the legitimate and, way he tried to oh, do yeah. the best he could yeah so he went to betsy and he wanted actually betsy ross to co-sign a loan at one of these banks that really like her right and she's like no no, no it's only twenty four hundred dollars i'll just write you a personal check and he flips out you know because he's that whole is that a bribe is it not a bribe and so she's like, well, you know, we'll do it all legit. We'll get a contract. I'll do your five percent interest, which is nothing, but still, it's all gonna be legit. And you know, I'll give you the check. And finally, he says, okay, he'll do it. You seem to have a very successful business. Well, I've stayed in the neighborhood. People appreciate that. No, no, the fish eyes go in the deli section. I also understand that you own a car wash, a rodent stand, and a video rental. Well, one thing leads to another, and I've been very lucky. What is it, detective? Ask me anything. If I can do it, I will. I assume that you acquired these businesses with the help of a bank. Oh, they love me. First Tokyo Mitsuhara. Ms. Ross, I wouldn't ask you this, but I have nowhere else to turn. Could you perhaps consider co-signing a small loan with me? You see, I owe that IRS. How much? $2,400. $2,400. Oh, I'll write you a check. No, no, what I want is a loan. Okay, we'll call it a loan. No, I'm sorry, I don't think so. Look, um, we'll make it 
Oh, what do they say? Kosher. We'll draw up an agreement. Um, why go through all the inconvenience of a bank? I don't know. What's the matter? My money not good enough? But uh, come out, you know, the next day you find out that Betsy is... Uh, well, Matt right away is like, that's a bribe. Oh, she yeah. wants something in return later. Yep. You know, you, she was doing a favor for you. Yeah. Something's going to come and in. And George is trying to, you know... Understand it. He's trying to... Yeah, I don't know if he, he doesn't really... quite get the concept right. of bribes and... Bribes and gifts, right? You know, so uh, but we do find out later that uh, Betsy is up to no good as she kills all of the drug lords, or at least six or seven of them, in her local area because they threaten her, and you know they they're going to allow her to continue doing what she does, but she only gets fifteen percent and only a certain amount of radius around her store, and she didn't like the deal, so she blows them all up. Yep, she left a bomb in her purse, and yep. it's funny because George and Matt are in the oh, ventil- that's right, they're hiding. They're in the ventilation system. And they're hearing all this. Oh, and, and they- we find out. That Betsy is overseer. Yes, she is she an overseer. She explains to all those people. She pulls up her sleeve and shows off the tattoo. And she's a very dominant type overseer. I oh, mean, yeah. She's the one. This is from the overseers that I have seen. She's probably the most intense one that I've seen, as in yeah. like commanding oh, yeah. and demanding. And well, she I, has that whole I control you. At the end. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah. This, this lady's tough. You yeah. Know? She's definitely a mean one. Um, so, yeah, but uh, luckily the guys get out with a few scratches. All the other kingpins die. And now she's on the run because now they know. And she knows that two cops were pulled out of the rubble. So she knows that they were in there listening and her whole thing is blown. And so uh, Brian Grazer, the captain, being the wonderful guy that he is, <laughs> decides to make a plea to, a plea bargain with her and not charge her anything because she's going to name names, high-profile names, which will make the department, but more importantly, make him look really good like he's making all these huge busts and you have matt totally against it oh too, matt yeah he's like what about the people that he that she killed and the kids and the drugs and yeah, even yeah. even george is like you know oh, yeah george not happy they, well, george not yeah they were they here. were both against it right off the bat so it's yeah. kind of like you see so, matt's sides yeah. again you know yeah but 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 betsy was only willing to deal with george so george had to go and make the plea bargain with her and of course george is a good guy and there was no way he was going to do it so he tries to stop her. She runs off. There's a little gun battle. Uh, Matt and, and George stop her car and start to arrest her, and they're booking her. And then Grazier comes and is pissed off and screaming and yelling, you know, let her go. You can't counteract my orders. You're defying me. And then and, Matt, uh... being the smart man that he is, sees the wonderful Burns reporter, who's a gossip guy. And says, oh, let's go talk to Burns about see, uh, a certain see, captain. See what he who, thinks about this. Yeah. yeah. And then you see Brian's like, oh, crap. You're not going to do that. And I'll just one look at <laughs> Matt's face. <laughs> he goes, Booker. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. End of story. She wants to make a plea bargain. She makes it with the DA and Booker. Not, yeah. What the hell are you doing? I am booking the suspect. You get me out of here. This was your idea, Hotshot, wasn't it? It was my decision. She is going to jail. Any deal will be made on the DA's terms and not her. If I'm not out of here in 30 seconds, there won't be a deal. Do you realize the collars you won't make if this falls through? Do you realize what we pay for these collars? The lives she will ruin. The newcomer children she will hook on Jack. This is insubordination. I gave you specific instructions. Don't book this woman. Book her. Don't you countermand my orders, Sergeant. Oh, Captain. What? Look who's here. The reporter from hell. You think Burns would be interested in a story about a certain police official who's willing to free homicidal drug dealers just for a few showy arrests? 
You wouldn't dare. Book this woman. So that was that. Pretty much that was the whole entire story. And we found out that uh, George cut up the check because obviously he's not going to take you know bad money. And um, but you also find out the IRS made a mistake and it's lower amount. But now that he's been audited, as in which most people, if you get audited once, they're going to go back and check and all. Check all. Other. So they're doing three more years. So it kind of ends on a uh oh kind of moment. There's also one other thing I want to cover with the whole Betsy Ross yeah. story. Um, they go into this. Um, Ring of or like oh that's right she's it's at like some a, event like a sporting event it's like pro wrestling with clubs that's yeah. how Matt put they're it. in like during like a sand pit and there's two uh, male uh, uh, combatants newcomers. I guess yeah newcomers but yeah. they're, in and like they're all in leather and spikes studs it's weird it's yeah it looks kind of masochistic kind of thing but you could see we George were thinking is... it was like illegal because they're gambling and stuff right I'm like is it cockfighting illegal cockfighting yeah. what's going I mean, on it was that, that's what it felt like but then the cops come in. And, and George is into it. You can see his face. He's oh, excited. He's like, he's, he grabs well, he, a guy's leg. He and, even says what it is. So, I mean, it's obviously a, some sort of sports that they do. Uh, but I still have one of my favorite scenes is when that ginormous woman. She had to be like six. Yeah, eight. what's her name? Her name is in here. She's the bouncer, Faith. That, That's a perfect Ginormous. Name. She's like really tall. She like towers over I'm going to Wikipedia her. Faith Menton. <laughs> Remember that, okay? She's huge. But she comes over and she sniffs the air and says they don't like humans or Turks. Turks. And Matt has this translator, which is Oh my is God, so yes. I love that scene. Funny. Wait, wait. I came prepared. Voice activated translator. Just speak right in here. Hey, it works. We're police. Miss Ross sent for us. We're police. If you could just direct us to Miss Ross. Thanks so much. Yes, it's a little newcomer to English translator. And she's 6'8", and he's sticking right to her face. <laughs> Hello? You know, he's talking into it. And so about it's... Mother Hummer. Yeah. She called him. He's all right, it works. <laughs> yeah, that was some good stuff. That was one. Of, that was one of my favorite. That was probably one of my favorite scenes it was with funny. the translator. Yeah. It was just good. Yeah, because it brings out Matt's, you know, his his sense of humor and his. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool. To me, it was just a Star Trek reference, and you know, I'm a big Trekkie, so uh, unfortunately, it was it was a nice little <laughs> nod nod to them. Yep, it was good. But uh, yeah, and then we had um, uh, just really quick before we get to the other major plot points, there were two scenes with Matt and Kathy. Yes, um, where you know the first one is. You know, you know, she needs a wrench for a No, she needs his tool. Well, his and tool. He, for something that's leaking. Yeah, of you course. You should see his face. He's like, okay, you know, my tool. And, she, and then and she's like. She further explains. My, my plumbing. My plumbing. It's leaking. And then he's like. And then she pulls out a pair of like needles, needle nose Plier, uh, pliers. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you need a wrench. He goes, oh, okay, a wrench. And then Matt being the man is like, well, I'll come over and fix it myself. Yeah. And of course, when he does, the water sprays all over the place. She's all, this she is a left-threaded thing. Yeah. And he's like, don't tell me. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. She's all, these pipes are old. And he goes, don't, and the pipe busts. And it just nails him. So. Yes. So uh, he says, call a plumber. And she's busting up laughing. And he has his pride hurt. And yep. he runs off in a huff. Oh, hi, Matt. Is this a bad time? No, I'm just going to work. What can I do for you? Do you have a tool? I I've got a leak. Well, uh, I I've got a leak under my sink. You know, I, I need one of oh, these. Oh, a wrench, sure. <laughs> sure. A wrench. I'll take a look at it. You want something to drink? Anything, as long as it's got ice cubes. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got a free-on-free -free refrigerator on order. The best I can do is room temperature tea. Well, I'm okay. 
Careful, that's a left-hand thread. <laughs> Look, I've done this a hundred times. These pipes are old, and if they're corroded... It's... Look, I know what I'm doing. You should check the yellow pages for a plumber. But then later on, uh, he comes out with a thing of milk, uh, sour milk. It looked kind of fancy. It does. Yeah. Did you see the packaging? It was like newcomer milk. Yeah, it was actually, it wasn't, it wasn't human milk. Yeah, it was actually really newcomer milk. And she had a bottle of wine and they apologized to each other. And then that's the first moment that you feel kind of. The sexual the tension. Sexual tension. Or not the first time, but it's definitely an increased. There might be something you, going you on. You can see them. where one of them wanted to say something. Oh, yeah. They definitely both wanted to say something. But they didn't. But they didn't. They were, you know, Matt being Matt and so I got something cooking and went back inside. And... Oh, hi. Hi. I, I was Look, just I'm coming sorry. over I... to apologize. <laughs> um, I'm sorry I laughed. No, 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 no. I, I acted like a jerk. Oh, this is for you. This is for you. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, look, I, um, I left something on the stove. Right. But that was that little, there's only two little scenes yep. with them. Now, yep. Um, and then the other, other big major plot story was with Buck. And Buck uh, trying to make money because he knew his parents were having a hard time. And he didn't want to ask for an allowance, which he shouldn't, because I think he's he's pretty old. He's older now, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he finds this uh, travel, or actually, I don't know no, they're travel. selling plots. They're selling for a, land, a, a new like a newcomer city. Yeah, a newcomer. Yeah, exactly. With the yeah. hospital, and it has a hospital, and fresh school, lakes. and it has yeah, it has food, and I mean, it's just it sounds like the ideal community. And you only have to put a hundred dollars down. That's right, hundred dollars down now, and nine hundred later. And if you don't it. want it, you could sell yours for two hundred to make a yeah. hundred profit right off the bat. Yeah, I'm the one who called about your ad in the paper, Buck Francisco. Right, Buck. Why do you want this job? I need the money. My mom and dad are kind of tapped, and I don't want to ask them for allowance. I like that. Oh, jeez. Excuse me, Buck. Dave, you still there? Uh, listen, bud, I'll go up 50K, but not a penny more. Right. Bye. Do you have any phone sales experience, Buck? No. That's okay. What we're offering is so good, it sells itself. Did you ever meet a tank Tanese who didn't long for home, for their own planet? Huh? We're providing the next best thing, Buck. A place here on Earth they can call their own. Come here, look at this. Our architects have planned the village as an updated replica of a pre-slavery Tanktonese community. Here's the Selenite temple, the communal food pen, backhoe courts, and also a modern 50-bed hospital. That's great! And what is so satisfying about this, Buck, is we're making people happy. But we're also earning a good living from it. Buck, if you're willing to work hard, there's no limit to what you can make. I'm willing, Mr. Simeon. <laughs> Call me Sam. And it's all selling, you know, it's all over the phone sells. Credit card sells numbers, right. Get your credit card number and charge 100 bucks to it and do that. And, you know, of course, this guy's enthusiastic. He's all for it. And 
uh, typical you know, salesman. Yes, and Buck is great. Oh wait, it. I'm a salesman. You know, and, and they show Buck doing it, and Buck is good. I mean, he's a good salesman, and people are falling for it. He's getting credit card numbers. Oh no, no, New Tankton Village will be exclusively a newcomer community. In the village school, which will be fully accredited, all classes, kindergarten through twelfth, will be taught in English and Tectonese. That way, our children receive a cultural identity they lose in human schools. Uh huh. I'd also like to point out that New Tecton is located 1,500 miles inland. Now that's 1,500 miles from the nearest body of salt water. And freshwater fish are abundant in this area, as well as many small mammals and rodents. Oh yes, it's a culinary paradise for us Tectonese, where the smell of cooked food will never foul the air. Really? Well, that's great. He's going to buy. Uh-huh. Can I have your credit card number? Expiration date. No, thank you. Yes! Yes, Buck, way to go! Come payday, you get 20% of that $100. And Buck, there is no reason why you can't make five, six sales an hour. Do a little arithmetic. You're going to make a lot of money here, Buck. And by the end of the week, um, Emily winds up giving $100 that we find out that she had. She had $142 yeah, saved. Yeah, so she gave 100 because Buck was giving a sales pitch to Amir and she was listening. And, uh, oh, that was, reminds me that there was a newcomer... Baby doll. Yes. I was, I was so wish I could get that. It's a prop. It's just, it's a regular little, you know, baby doll. With the newcomer. With the newcomer head on it. It was cool. It was so cool. I remember ever seeing that before. But so if you go on eBay and see one or know anybody that has one, let us know. You can reach us at <laughs> alienationpodcast at gmail.com. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but though, I definitely, Definitely, uh, I like that little touch that they added to it. And that's, again, it goes back to what I mentioned in the past episode, was their little details. They're very cool at just adding those little things. And again, there's two grown adults wanting a doll, just to let you know. Okay. I'm <laughs> a collector. It's well, a, so am I, it's but a prop. we're telling everybody we want a baby doll with a yes, newcomer head. head. It's a yeah, prop. Okay, okay, I got you. It's a prop. I know. I got, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> you. You started me on this problem, too. But um, so yeah, so the, he brings Emily to his job. Well, the, well, the, the he asks Buck to bring his sister tomorrow. Bring your sister yeah. to work. I want to meet her. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get there, and uh, it's empty. Where's Sam? Who? Sam Simeon Enterprises. It's me. Oh, oh, wait a second. There were there were desks, phones. There was a whole office here. Well, maybe you have the wrong address. Sam wouldn't just leave. You told me you were going to be the office manager. Manager. Right, right. Oh, how could I be so stupid? And he, he didn't even pay me. What about my hundred dollars? You lost it? You lost it? I believed you, I trusted you. Do you know how long it took me to earn that money? How could you do this to me? Emily, M. It was all one big scam. It's a scam. And uh, poor Emily's out $100, and Buck is out. He didn't get paid anything for all the sales he did the entire week. So uh, he got screwed over by a newcomer. And Emily doesn't blame her brother. She's like, it's she my fault. She does that first. But then yeah. she re- and I kept saying to Michael as she was blaming Buck, I'm like, but it's her fault. And she realizes it. that's her fault. Em, I'm sorry. I'll pay you back. Selah. No. Come on, Em, what else can I do? What I mean is, is that I don't want you to pay me back. You don't? No, it was my idea. No, but it's my responsibility. 
No, it's my responsibility. I wanted you to do it. I wanted to get rich quick. It's okay about curling. But the, the TV that they got as a gift from Betsy Ross, yes. she goes, I'm keeping that in my room. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the next scene, George is giving it away. Charity. She's mad. <laughs> she's walking upstairs and... Oh, she's screaming. She's cursing and tanked the knees. And you hear... And the, it's just explosives on screen. And so George, you know, did you believe what she's saying? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, so they don't ever say what she says. It's all question mark and hashtags. Yeah, and it, was, it was funny, though. It was very funny. Um, but yeah, but I guess that's it for that scene. I mean, it's a really... It's a big piece, but there's really not much to it other than him gotten him. They were just in over. one little room. Yeah, and you he know? just got screwed over. But uh, overall, I really liked this episode. It was very enjoyable. Um, you know, it, it progressed the whole human-alien uh, relationship with Betsy Ross. She seemed like she was really anti-human. Oh, big time. Yeah, I mean, really big time. Um, you know, introduced a whole. We got to see Slagtown and the whole slum of of you know their district. And even uh, Matt made a comment about her size. And, oh yeah. And George, uh, oh, she's very. That's a very yeah. It's big in very dom- Yeah, that, that's the kind of woman you want. In, yeah, in our culture, they're well fed. Yeah, they're well fed. So it was that was just kind of funny. Yeah, it just reminded me because you know I was telling Michael, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, larger women were admired. If you look at pictures. Paintings of from famous artists. Most of the women are bigger bones, you know, because it was a sign of wealth, right? Because you were able to eat. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a good thing. Dang, um, I must some, be looking pretty. Some, good. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, no. Somewhere in society, it changed, <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah. I mean, overall, it was a really enjoyable episode. I really liked it, and uh, it was just another great addition to what's already been a great season so far. It had a good story, a good, you know, a great plot. I, I like it. I like how it always has a main story and then like a, a sub a story. Few, yeah. You know, it's always, it's nice to do that. It's not just one direction. It's like, yeah, let's go here and you know, and, and, and they don't even hang in. They always tie it in, which is yeah. Nice. And I really liked seeing almost the entire cast. Yeah, that was. I, mean, nice. I would like to see more Kathy because she's one of my favorites, but she was only in two scenes, but we did get to see Emily. We got to see Buck a lot. So that was cool. And we got to see Burns, who hasn't been in the show for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, all we need now is Jill, Emily's well, I, best friend. But I think we'll see her. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> they keep teasing us with her, but they don't show her. Dang it. <laughs> but uh, overall, yeah, I think it was a, definitely a good episode. I know you say it's in your top 20, right? <laughs> it's in my top 20. That's right. <laughs> oh, and it's funny, too. I, I want to bring up another point. You see Blend 2. Oh, yes. You see Blint, too, in this episode, and he had a pretty big role in the first couple episodes with he was Bucks, part of Bucks, Bucks Gang. Gang, yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm watching the episode, and I see him, and I'm like, no. Nah. And then, you know, he spits on Sykes, and it's funny because George tells him, hey, George, look over there. And he turns around yeah. and just decks the guy. <laughs> but it's just funny because, you know, I'm looking at the credits, I go, Blint, too. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, it's just weird how they tie it all in. Yeah, he yeah, still yeah. had a spot. Even though it was a different episode, he was still He's still, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, he's still around. I but mean, he wasn't a, he wasn't the gang member, though. Well, we don't, well, know. We don't know. He, yeah, we don't. Hello, he's dealing with drugs. So I'm sure he was. Bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Once bad, always bad. Right. Gentlemen, we're all here. Welcome. To Miss Ross and her associate, very special welcome. Although we represent different organizations, we have common interests. And in important issues, we decide collectively. Now, we've asked you here today to discuss your recent interference in our affairs. Spying with the police has cost some of us a great deal of money. There are those at this table who've advocated having you killed. <coughs> However, wars are bad for business. 
There's public outcry. The police are forced to crack down. Therefore, we've decided to give you all the Jonathan traffic within half a mile radius of your store. You retain 15% of the profits. We get the remaining 85. Now, in light of everything, this offer is very generous. Sorry, boys. The territory's too small and the split stinks. You're turning us down? A slag? Let me explain something. I am not your garden variety slag. On board the ship, we were known as the Clisenso, what you would call overseers. We bought and sold what you call slags. That's history, Miss Ross. Mr. Yamato, history repeats itself. We've given you our bottom line. Now, what do you say? I'll have to talk with my people. Excuse me. She came with a purse. Well, gentlemen, I think we know what we have to do. Let's put a contract on her. All right, next up, we have some BTS. First up, this was actually, and I found this really interesting. This was actually the first regular episode. So this would have been episode two, the episode after the pilot. Right. But it was delayed until this point. Thus, the inclusion of the awkwardness between George and Sykes as new partners. And this episode also hinted toward the possible romantic connection between Sykes and Kathy. That's what I was, yeah, this is back yeah, to my point in the very beginning. Yeah, because when, when, yeah, when they're eating lunch or breakfast, he's like, he tells the, the owner of the restaurant, oh, this is my new partner, George. And you're like, no, he's not. Like, no, this, this, this has is been six a, episodes. Yeah, man. this has been a while since you, he's your new, you haven't gone to this place since, you know, for six, seven weeks. Right. So and he's still um, calling Spongehead. I mean, he still saves yeah, derogatory yeah, yeah. comments to them. Yes. And, um, yeah, so you totally tell the difference. It was... It was yeah. once my brother explained it and we talked. I go, man, it, if you can get lost in it, you can be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he you know, you, really, and... you don't notice it as much, but when you find out that it was shot second, this is the very first time these people came back to these characters after shooting the pilot months in advance. Then they shot this episode. Since there was supposed to be a follow up episode to the pilot, that Buck storyline originally in this episode had to be removed, and a brand new Buck story was created. Yeah, so that whole cell story was. Brand new. That's the only part of this episode that was new. See, that's crazy. Because the <laughs> other, all the other Buck story was the one that we saw in like episodes two and three, where they resolved whole, the whole Buck With the shooting, shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So all that was in this episode initially, but they said this episode ran about fifty-eight minutes, so it was too long of a story. So they wound up pushing it and then pulling this Buck out and then doing a shorter Buck story in it. See, isn't that amazing what they can do back then? Yeah. You know? well, what's funny is that you know these were shot probably a month or so apart from each other. So, I mean, this it's just so weird. It's its really cool. I mean, I work in TV, so it's always interesting to, to hear this stuff. And I don't. I get a, and it's just neat to hear from my brother <laughs> and, you know, actually see it and him explaining it. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. For something back in 1989 also. Yeah, that's true. So, All right. Now, for our last behind the scenes, we have Gary Graham, who plays Sykes. Uh, he met his future wife on set while filming. She played one of the newcomer hookers in the early scene wearing the blue dress. And she was smoking hot, too. Yeah. I'm savvy. Before a newcomer, okay? Well, what was funny is that, because I was reading this in a, I have an a alienation book, and this is where the story came from, and it was saying that, you know, he just got this series, and the, you know, instead of kind of like enjoying 
his single life with all these different women, all these actors who can come on. Right. He finds the very first girl because the had, first scene. Because they shot this. Yeah. The second. Yeah, this is the second <laughs> episode. <laughs> they shot the second episode. Yeah, even though it aired six, it was still the second episode. This is the first time they all got back together and became a series. Right. And he winds up falling in love with a girl. And he actually fell in love with this girl before she even saw her without the alien head on. Well, that's why I said. You so see he her... saw her on set with the alien head. And in that blue dress, man. She's yeah. smoking, And he dude. asked her out then just because he wanted to see what she looked like without her head, without the head on. And obviously, neat. they fell in love and they actually had a child together. Oh, I um, did not know that. Yeah. I don't know if they're still together now. I didn't do the research to see if they're still together. But this is definitely where he met his his wife. So That's a very cool piece of information. Yeah. So, so and she and she's so prominent because when I knew this, I was telling Michael right off the bat. She's like, I'm like, oh, there, there's his wife, and there I mean, you is. see her full body. Yeah. She's bending over a car, but um, yeah, it's really, really cool information. No, 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 Ken, I got one more. Oh, that's right. I remember you talking about this. Okay, go ahead. Um, it's weird because if we watched this, I've seen it's a mil- I've seen it a lot, and I've you know I've watched it. Yeah. And Buck has an E on the side of his head, right where his father's is. Yep. That whole side of the head looks like George's <laughs> head. I kept saying, you know, because maybe because it's the second episode, are they using like George's prosthetic on Buck? Because he has that same E and then a giant kind of big mark, big line mark right below the E. And it's identical. And I'm like, did we miss this all this time? I'm like, no, we no, could not. I, I still don't know. But Ken's been doing research and even pictures still yes. have the E on Yes. It. But we need to, we're going to go back and we got to check. We'll go we're going to find out. We're going to go deeper. We're going to get into the bottom of this. <laughs> but if anybody else notices it too, like an episode, you know, that you've seen that he doesn't have the E, let us know. Yeah. You know, drop us a line in the name yeah. of the episode. Yeah, because uh, we're definitely going to do more research because I had no idea all this time. And he watches this. And I watch it, yeah, like I said, I mean, I watch the entire series over and over again, and I never noticed that before, but I don't know why, because it's funny, because Michael and I, when we, we, we watch this together, we see something, and we literally think the same thing at the same time without saying anything, because he turned to me and said, oh my god, he has an E, and I instantly saw the E moments before he said, so there was some shot. It's because we're brothers. Yeah, we, we're in sync when we watch yes, these right. things. But, uh, yeah, it was just so funny. It was cool. We saw the E. Was it was like, neat. It was neat to see something different. Something new. Yeah. yeah something, that, something that my brother hasn't found, the genius yeah. that he is. Aha. Yeah. The, the, the younger brother <laughs> found it. Yes, he did. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a, definitely a cool find. Emily's 100 bucks. <laughs> this is adorable. How old is she? 10. 10. What a smart kid. She knows a good thing when she sees it, huh? I'll tell you what. I'm going to give her the choicest lot in the village. Thanks, Sam. You bet. Why don't you bring Emily by the office tomorrow? I'd like to meet this little mogul. Sure. Something else I want to discuss with you. I guess I'm like your little sister. I know a good thing when I see it. You have got a real gift, Buck. I'm expanding. I'm bringing new people in, and I'd like you to manage the office. Me? Office manager? You bet. Can you handle it? Well, yeah, sure. Great. Great. I got to go and uh, sign some contracts, but you bring Emily by the office tomorrow, okay? I'll see you then. And I know we didn't have any funny newcomer names last episode, but as Mike said, maybe this episode, and he was right. And we have We have one. We have Betsy Ross, of course. And I'm like, God, Betsy Ross, that sounds so familiar. But I had to look her up, and she actually is credited for creating the United States of America flag. That is very cool. The red, white, and blue with the... The, the blue and the stars and stripes. So that kind of makes sense. I mean, Betsy Ross is a predominant American figure, I think. And this lady's a predominant overseer. Overseer and newcomer. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, that's, you know what I mean? So yeah. if there's any similarity, 
You know, you that's, that's what I got. Yeah. So that was very cool. But that's the only one that we that we could find. So that is it. Hello, George. Glad to see you weren't badly hurt. Yes. You have an investment in me, don't you? Here's the deal. No arrest, no indictment against me on any count. I also want the cops off my back. No harassment, no surveillance for two years. In exchange, I will give information to secure indictments against three major drug dealers now, plus another every six months for the two years. You'll be a hero. And you'll own the streets. Yeah, that's the system. You better learn it. Compromise makes this world go round. Five years ago, I'd have killed you as soon as look at you. Now we're in business. Continue to play your cards right. You could make some decent money, too. See you, George. I'm placing you under arrest. You're exceeding your authority, George. Grazier sent you to hear my terms. The overseers will not succeed, and you will not buy me. You will make your deal from a jail cell, just like the rest of the scum. You stupid slag, bust me and there is no deal. You talk tough for a man in a cage. I'll call you bluff. You can find Alienation Podcast all over the internet. Everywhere. That's right. Even on Facebook. At www.facebook.com backslash Alienation Podcast. That's right. Nice and simple. Yes. We also have a Twitter account. You can... Uh, tweet us at Alienation Cast, or if you want to tweet us individually, mine is at Geeky Fanboy, and mine's at Master Jedi 1975. And you can find us on our website, alienationpodcast.com. That's right. And you can uh, see show notes and a little information if you want to uh, dig a little deeper into these episodes. You can find it there. Yes, you can. And we love getting listener feedback. We haven't gotten any. Like written feedback yet. We've gotten tweets and we've gotten Facebook comments, which are fantastic. But we would love to get an email from from you guys, um, either giving us a review of the episode that we just reviewed or telling us one of your favorite episodes or a favorite character would be really cool. Uh, anything you want to send Or us. if you want, Ken and I come to your house and do a podcast live. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no don't okay. think that's going to work. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Well, just leave us a comment. You know, if you have any, you know, you want to know anything you want us to do differently, yeah. let us know. Definitely. You can um, send those comments to alienationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us reviews at iTunes. That's right. We love getting reviews. They definitely help us put us in listings in iTunes. So the more reviews we get, the higher we up in, are in ranking and more exposure we get. And we appreciate you all now. We just bring, yes. bring us some more love, people. We would more love. love. We would love to spread the alienation love. Yes. So that's, that's our goal. All right. So that's going to do it for episode six, The First Cigar. Overall, a pretty good episode. I was very happy with it. I liked it. it was, cool. It was good. All right, but before we go, always remember, you don't know Jack. We got a letter from that IRS. George, I know you had to tear up that check from Ross, but is it necessary to give away the television? It's the principle. Besides, we're giving it to charity. It's a deduction. Where's the TV? Did he take the TV? <laughs> this is wonderful. What? <laughs> it seems they made a mistake, and we only owe $400. Oh, Dad, you can't do this. It's a dog. Just a minute, sweet. Oh, no. Celine. In light of the aforementioned irregularities, we wish to audit your returns for the previous three years. And how am I supposed to watch Love Connection? We have another TV. Not in my room, we don't. You are so mean. 
Sawsmoke Tech Trap and need this You don't cut FSDM talk. Hi, my name's Kenny, and I'm a fanboy. Do you like Star Trek, Star Wars, Harry Potter? Do you consider yourself a brown coat or a twihard? Are you into cosplaying, LARPing, a furry? Can you speak Klingon or Elvish? Can you name all the doctors and their companions? Do you just love football or can't get enough of your favorite music group? Then this podcast is for you, Confessions of a Fanboy. Each episode, I sit down with a fanboy or a fangirl and discuss their fandom and how it affects their daily lives. Be it geeky, sporty, or musical, fandoms can span a wide range of people. So come subscribe to Confessions of a Fanboy on iTunes. Or visit us online at confessionsofafanboypodcast.com and take a listen to fellow fans talk about the love for their fandom. Confessions of a Fanboy. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Are you a fan of the award-winning web series The Guild? Then join us for Knights of the Guild podcast, their official fan podcast. But it's not like your typical fan podcast, as the host, Kenny, has been working on The Guild since Season 2 and takes his listeners behind the scenes with exclusive interviews, special guest hosts, little-known behind-the-scenes facts, and so much more. So come on over to iTunes and download Knights of the Guild podcast, or find us online at knightsoftheguild.com. Alien Nation, the newcomer's podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.